Welcome to Come Learn Me in the Dark, a podcast discussing contemporary Zach Bagan's philosophy. Tonight, Karen J. Renner's work, Negotiations of Masculinity in American Ghost Hunting Reality Television. Let's, let's broaden our minds. Let's broaden our mind on this edition of Come Learn Me in the Dark. <laughs> I'm Professor Joel Kleinberger. Ah, Esquire. And I am tenured teacher for a public school who is highly suicidal, Eric Hoofnagel. I am l- dripping. I'm dripping with sweat. <laughs> moist, 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 moist. Moist, moist. The moist education corner. Yes. Oh, God. The, the <laughs> moist minds. <laughs> the moist minds. Moistening our minds, yeah. So we are moistening our minds with a text sent to us by Karen J. Renner, an associate professor of English at Northern Area University, who I reached out to because I found this article that was titled so perfectly for our podcast. (laughs) I had to get it, but I didn't want to give some soul-sucking scholarly article aggregate company $50. So I reached out to Karen, and Karen, a goddamn honorary witch, warlock, and or magical being of their choosing, just sent this to us. So bless you, Karen, you are amazing. Oh yeah, very. It's very good. Uh, negotiations of masculinity in American ghost hunting reality television. My God, perfect. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, witches and warlocks? The main subject of this article happens to be our boys. It is, and it's also very timely too. Joel, because this was written in 2013, and she is mostly talking about the episodes we are discussing currently. It's serendipitous. Sometimes I feel like there are forces in this world that are trying to give us as much ammunition as possible against Zach Bagans and his boys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, you know, if the learned are on our side, we're Mm -hmm. doing all right. She brings an interesting point that we've touched on, especially in regards to us talking about Conjuring Ketcha and why that was such a breath of fresh air is that... (laughs) For me. (laughs) For you. Listen, I thought it was a breath of fresh fresh air to see women doing their thing. It's whether or not Kesha is a breath of fresh air. That's my thing. The whole thing is that, as as uh, Karen points out, is that this realm has, up until recently... This is the realm of usually female... Female! She does say female, female. a lot in this, and I couldn't help but read it in the, in the word... <laughs> the Ferengi? The, yeah, the Ferengi, or just Zach. Female. <laughs> female. Female. Is this a female... A human female? Yes. Uh, it is typically the realm of, of women to engage in uh, spirituality and mediumship. And suddenly, ghost shows happen, and it's all these hyper-masculine presentations. <laughs> it's because they have this fundamental understanding that what they are doing is, at its core, 
contrary to most stereotypical pursuits of masculinity. No, yeah, yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> the first thing that I, I did a big old block highlight. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to read it, if that's cool. Oh, no, we are quoting. We, we, have, we have cited our source. What is striking about these programs is that even though spiritualism and mediumship has traditionally been strongly associated with women, men not only dominate ghost hunting reality television, but have transformed it into a hyper-masculine arena through a variety of behaviors. And these are... <laughs> Proclaiming and proving physical toughness. <laughs> I'll give you credit. It hurt, but I liked it. Treating fear as girlish. Is that all you can do is just make some stupid little noises? Because that's not going to make me scream like a little girl. Physically sacrificing themselves soldier-like for the greater good. I'm going to see how high I can get up and on this ladder. Dude, that's pretty dangerous, man. Yeah, that is pretty dangerous. Well... Do it. Declaring a desire to seek out truth and justice, regardless of danger. I think that every time I brought up the, the dark side of Sacramento, didn't want to talk about it. she didn't want to talk about it. People have to understand, that's a part of history. I agree. I like for us to go in there and investigate to find out cool. history that was it's never like, printed in a book. It's like we're detectives right now. Yeah. It's kind of cool. We are. Yeah. She was our lead. Yeah, we are true explorers. We are. Heftily pronouncing their heterosexuality. <laughs> Zach, don't you remember the incubus? It wasn't the incubus, it was the succubus. I was confused. The incubus is the dude ghost. I didn't know the difference. I felt something coming up in between my legs. And it was getting really tingly. And I thought it was the succubus. And if I said incubus, I messed up. And somebody had to make fun of me for it. Expressing yeah. a need for extreme, extreme experiences away from the said norms of everyday life. I think we've done the, the ultimate extreme in opening the doorway to the very dark entities that are known to haunt here. Traditionally, ghost encounters have involved a sensitive, passive, usually female medium, or an innocent heroine trapped in a gothic space. Elizabeth, sweetie, did you just cry? However, today's paranormal reality television shows are throwbacks to other male genres, such as the Western, science fiction, action adventure, and the detective story as their titles, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Lab, as well as the channels on which they are televised, sci-fi, travel, discovery, respectively, imply. I highlighted the same passage because it's, <laughs> it's perfect. It's, so it's such good. a perfect call-out. The episode we're going to talk about tonight is a perfect example of this, where it's so, so obviously a weird, hyper-masculine performance yeah. They have to justify all of their emotional outbursts as something to equate to like they're doing something strong or profound or they're saving somebody or they're in real danger, which is not not the case. It's never the case. Well, it's she she really lays out the the sort of weird middle space that these that this show exists in where uh -huh. they're utilizing technology to prove the like paranormal 
where traditionally it's like technology that's used to disprove such things. Yeah. And 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 also I had to just I had to this one's like it's just smart writing, but it comes across as such a burn. Mm-hmm. When she's talking about how we enter this space where these people already believe that ghosts are real. It's not about uh, proving to themselves and to us that ghosts are real and like getting us to believe. Yeah. But she writes, moreover, ghost hunting reality TV is a slippery genre, one that must convince its viewers that something frightening is occurring without giving much evidence. (laughs) (laughs) As exemplified 100% of the time as we hear a REM pod go off or a slight fart and three grown men begin to scream and point at each other. (laughs) And I love this passage too. As she's describing Ghost Adventures in particular uh, about the displays of manly markers, she goes on to say of Ghost Adventures, the three stars of the show, Zach Bagans, Nick Groff, and Eric Goodwin, all represent recognizable masculine types. To borrow designations from the recent horror film, The Cabin in the Woods. The Cabin in the Woods, yes. Bagans is the hard-bodied athlete. Groff, the thoughtful scholar. And Goodwin, <laughs> the fool. I was just gonna read the same passage. Yeah. That's the next one I have highlighted. But also, I'm sorry, honey. The fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Nick Groff, the scholar... Yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like like yeah. I get that that might work, but the longer you watch the show, the more you realize that there is not. They don't have an Egon. No, there's no Egon. <laughs> they don't. His group does not have an Egon. <laughs> I will hundred percent buy that. Nick Groff considers himself the scholar, but it's really interesting because she goes on to really like dissect what they're doing and how much of it is just a show that is trying to separate them away from anything that is perceived as feminine Mm -hmm. where they're presenting things as fact or as, as scientific endeavor when it is fundamentally not to quote uh, this tendency amongst ghost hunters to share memories when this is why they keep bringing on fellow ghost hunters rather than actual experts in science yeah the tendency amongst ghost hunters to share memories undeniably subjective experience narratives as evidence contradicts the explicit and at times aggressive adherence to objective scientific methods the shows claim to uphold and in turn diffuses the masculine associations of the scientific methods that they claim to employ Mm mm-hmm Again, Karen is killing it on the calling out of what these boys are doing. Dude, but man, only 19 pages. I wanted a book. This was like a like a small thesis paper and I want I want the full thing. I do have unfortunate news for Karen. Oh no. You might if you do look in a certain oh, light. No. See a fedora. <laughs> We're getting real intellectual. I have not produced a weapon because I appreciate what Karen has done, giving us this article for free. But I will have to tip my intellectual's cap 
and say, well, actually, oh no, <laughs> to the following phrase. She says, as an example of the GAC and their fear of being perceived as feminine, in the original documentary that led to the creation of the show, Bagans rather offensively says at one point, call me a vagina, but I'd like to get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Karen. Aaron. Well, actually, that was Aaron Goodwin who didn't want to be called the vagina. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay, dude. Look, I, I, I almost reached out for my fedora multiple times. I ended up feeling kind of bad about myself in knowing <laughs> in yeah. realizing what she had gotten wrong. The fact that she got that wrong in the in the color of Aaron's wig in the Stanley Hotel yes, episode. Exactly. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Like how like why do I know that? And this is I feel like that is like one of the best examples of shitty masculinity. This woman has created this brilliant breakdown of the themes of these shows and then two shitty men with their podcast in their mid thirties are like, uh, excuse me. Sweating in my underwear in my fucking closet, holding my stupid iPad. Uh, well, uh, wow. Actually. <laughs> so you clearly didn't watch the episode. Um, yeah. If you paid a, a little bit more close attention, uh, you may have noticed that uh, Aaron's wig was actually sparkly and red. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should do your research a bit better next time. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Maybe you would have seen that um, your fool was the one who was uh, making fun of uh, being a vagina. I ain't joking, dude. I would call me the vagina, but I would like to get the fuck out of here. Omae wa mou shindeiru. Nani? This article has so many just great nuggets. I'm just going to read this one last bit. In effect, the men of Ghost Adventures distinguish themselves from mediums who rely on sensations and sensitivity and instead transfer all me mediumistic capabilities to the wide array of scientific, scientific instruments they wield, including digital recorders and spirit boxes, etc. They make clear that what they are doing is the work of a scientist, not a sensitive's. We don't communicate with ghosts telepathically or physically, Bagans explains in one episode. We communicate to them by listening to their voices. And she says all of these negotiations of emotion would seem to have seem to leave unfulfilled the reality ghost hunting shows prime requisite, namely that proxies exhibit the emotions that viewers are supposed to experience to make up for the fact that viewers do not receive much stimuli for those feelings. If witnessing the terror is fundamental to the viewer's own experience of fear, then all these active denials of fright and feeling would seem to diminish viewer involvement in the show. Oh, and God, there's this quote about how Aaron's uh, function is the token female character. That made me feel good about like, the discoveries that you and I have made and like put posited on our stupid podcast. Thank God, like somebody else sees what we see. Yeah, I know. I felt very seen by this article. And 
I wanted to pick your brain. This is where we're going to really get our, our brains wet, our moist brains. Perfect, because I am literally s- sweating. I am a, a, a sad noodle of a man today, <laughs> and I and I haven't been to a, a, a class in, like, fucking seven years. So let's do it. So uh, my question is, because we know Zach beyond the scope of uh, Karen Renner's article because we've seen current Zach, we've seen future Mm, Zach, mm -hmm. where he has, to a certain extent, even beginning now, has begun to schlep off this notion of just relying on technology. He has begun to embrace, at this point, the fact that their bodies are the best instrument and to the point where now he thinks that it's all almost the emotional reaction and the feelings to the point where everybody online is bitching about the fact like, oh, well, there goes Zach possessed again, blah, 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 blah. How do you reconcile the display of masculinity? Because I still feel like it's a, a overtly masculine display what Zach is doing with the fact that Zach is also overtly accepting that he is having emotional reactions and he's using his body and emotions to communicate with spirits. Well, she she makes the point several times about how this is an outdated form of toxic masculinity. Yeah. She doesn't say it outright, but she says basically this is Gen X, you know? Yeah. This is not what the what the ghost hunting sphere is like now because um, millennials are a lot more fluid with their gender and expectations of yeah. of what people can do. I think it's twofold. I think it's maybe threefold. Uh, I think part of it is Zach is aging. Yes. He's not the, you know, fucking goth twink killer of a man anymore. And he's also has to keep up with the changing of the times Mm -hmm. where (laughs) his, his, his style is not going to fly as well. Um, And also I think uh, he's bumping up against the limitations of technology Mm -hmm. because like the late, the last like great thing that they ever got was the fucking xbox connect camera yeah which man not great (laughs) i think they are bumping up against uh the the limitations of technology and zach is like well i'm just gonna lean into the medium shit the one thing that i will say where it seems like he's still trying to hide behind that hyper masculine presentation because the way he comports himself now is not the mediumship of like Kesha and her friends where it's like, let's go have an experience together. Yay. And we can leave whenever we want. (laughs) It's Zach is I'm special. Yes. I have a connection. Me. I, I am, I am the powerful one. Right. I above, above all, have the ability to talk to ghosts. There is no way to the kingdom except through me. That's right. Zach is the light and the way <laughs> to the spiritual realm. And that's that's how he portrays himself. We even said that in the Joe Exotic's gushing horse vagina experience <laughs> that he has like the 
the the cadence and vibe now of like a, a creepy cult leader. Yeah, and that is something we are going to wrestle with so hard in the in the coming years, Joel. I know. Keep in mind, <laughs> we're going to be doing this for years. Yeah, we're going to be fifty, and we'll finally hit season twenty. Jesus Christ, dude! But I would love to have seen her write a part two to this paper. Oh, yeah. Considering where ghost hunting has gone now. I would love to hear her opinion on the the uh, evolution of GAC specifically, but beyond beyond that, all paranormal reality. I, it is fascinating where we're at right now. What the fuck is going to happen in the future? I think you should get back to Karen and be like, hey, listen, we need you more now than ever. We need specifically women <laughs> of, of scholarly minds <laughs> to yes, lead please. us through this shit. We're going to need another 40 pagers, Karen, please. <laughs> to, so to Karen J. Renner. Uh, honorary witch and or warlock thank you so much for sending us this article it is a fascinating read fucking great everybody out there she's got a lot of other stuff uh in regards to reality television and horror that she's written so i would highly recommend if you can find her stuff check it out and thanks for joining us on this edition of come mind me in the dark (laughs) come mind me (laughs) no shit i I fucked it up come learn me in the dark come moisten me in the mind (laughs) come come moisten me in the mind oh oh my god i'm starting to shake man just don't open yourself up to them do not say you're starting to shake okay i am don't open yourself up to them that can be dangerous come here do it Stop running! Go back in. Do not f- run! Go back in. Come fight me in the dark. I want to provoke the hell out of you. Welcome to Come Fight Me in the Dark, the only podcast with the foundation to look at Zach Bagans and tell him that we are on wood. Well, he <laughs> is not. I'm Joel Kleinberger. Oh, and I'm Eric Hoofnagel. And boy, Eric... Here we are at one of, if not close to the most problematic episodes of Mm. Ghost Adventures in in history. Yeah. So not last episode, but the episode prior, Joel, we came into that and I was super excited. Uh Uh-huh. And you said, this is the first time I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about ghost adventures. And that's, <laughs> that's how this one made me feel. Have we hit the point in our podcast where we are beginning to unravel and we're going to have to battle our way out from the depths? <laughs> Joel, that, that started a long time ago. <laughs> the unraveling of our minds due to watching so much and deep diving so much into this dumb shit (laughs) yes i am fully unraveled well this is the point where we just need to embrace the ego death until we begin to ascend to a new plane of ghost adventures existence and i think (laughs) that we should just immediately start on that project as we begin to talk about ghost adventures season five episode seven the Kentucky Slave House. Oh, Ruh-roh. boy. Hey, 
Hambone, Hambone, have you heard? Before it was part of the Underground Railroad. Pop was gonna buy me a mockingbird. This house was a house of hell. Scatman's world. He's the aggressor who does not like anybody up here. Wait, you just said that the, this figure had a top hat? Mm-hmm. He did? Yeah. Where's the guy that everyone's been talking about with the hat? If you think slavery is a good thing, then you need to face me. Right, those times are all over with now. No more violence. No more pain. Could you sing a little bit of this of what you think you hear? I'm standing on wood. I'm standing on wood. I'm standing on wood. I'm standing on wood. In other words, I'm standing strong. Oh, uh, I'll put this at the beginning. I, as the editor of Come Fight Me in the Dark, do want to issue an apology to the world for perhaps indirectly killing Tina Turner by using her song in the previous episode. No, man. And her dying the next day. Joel, we set her free. We set her free. Okay. All right, listen. This is she's the listener, and what happened was she was she was laying in bed, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so old. I this cancer is just eating me up. I am just I'm ready to go, but I just don't feel like my legacy is fully intact." And she was listening <laughs> to our podcast and her song up against Zach Baggins. She said, "Oh, my God, this is this is it. I'm free." And she went. <laughs> And she went peacefully. She turned into gold atoms and just ascended. Tina, what do you see? God! (laughs) Apologize. Sorry about that. I really apologize. My first note was just, it's about to get difficult. (laughs) Yep. We might have to call this episode just rut-row. Dude, honestly, the first frame of this episode. <laughs> the first thing they start on is an image of a plantation mansion with a waving American flag and fucking lightning striking from like a dramatic angle from below. And it looks just straight up like a fucking, like the opening of like a Jordan Peele horror film. Yeah. <laughs> this episode stands out for a number of reasons. One of which is that I would say like 20% of it is doing it right because I believe that an episode of Ghost Adventures is the worst format that the story of American slavery has been told in. I think there you can't get worse than Ghost Adventures as a medium to tell that story. Am I am I off base on that? Yeah, it's this has got to be up there. I think that was a wrong thing for them to done. 20% of this episode is doing it right and 80 percent of this episode is doing it wrong (laughs) and the the intro like you just said it's like starts out with like that jordan peele horror movie vibe and then we've got our 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 main host jerry gore ham boning oh my god dude i was so happy to hear ham bone yeah because do you know my history with the, the song ham bone no please tell me your history with the song ham bone Just as an aside. Stay a while and listen. I've always loved bad things. Like, I've always loved to ironically watch bad shit. I love to watch the movie We Sing Grandpa's Magical Toys. 
What? Okay, did you ever see the We Sing movies as a kid? No. I don't think your parents let you watch, like, wholesome stuff. <laughs> no, I was too... I was already, like, well and truly on a downward spiral of not age-appropriate material. No, well, I mean, I, I was watching that shit, too, but I was also watching, like, We Sing in Sillyville and, like, all these <laughs> goofy-ass, low-budget, weird kids' movies. So this one yeah. was called... Grandpa's Magical Toys, and it's like all these kids show up to Grandpa's house, and he's got a bunch of toys, and yeah. he he leaves them in the room, and they they open a magic box, and it turns them all tiny, and now they're the same size as the toys, and all the toys want to just sing songs to them. Oh, yeah, okay. But there is a scene that used to scare me so bad mm -hmm. because there's these these three squirrels, these women dressed as squirrels. <laughs> this sounds like a horrible dream that you had. These children were shrunk down Dude. to the size of toys <laughs> and they sang songs at them with squirrels. Oh, just wait. It gets way worse. Okay. So, so at one point, the, the three squirrels start singing Hambone. Uh, okay. Um, but they're doing like a kid's version. So they're like, Hambone, Hambone, where you been? I've been around the world and I'm going again. Hambone. And so what it what it does though, every time, so like this woman has this horrifying makeup on and these giant fake buck teeth. Okay. And, every, and she goes, I've been around the world and I'm going again. And she does this little loop loop thing and then it crash zooms right on her face and she goes ham bone and she and her mouth is like all wet from the weird fake teeth <laughs> I, I swear to god i have to send this to you but me and hannah shout out to hannah schmidt one of my best friends uh childhood friend uh, also listener to the podcast hannah and i used to watch that shit and fucking freak out and laugh so hard and we used to play a game called Hambone where we would like stand on the bed and pretend that 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 the the scary squirrel lady was under the bed <laughs> and we so just funny. called her Hambone. Oh my god. So so wow. hearing somebody sing the traditional version of Hambone had a totally different effect on me. Memory which is warlocks going into this you might be surprised that eric and i are not uh experts in african-american spiritualism <laughs> or history <laughs> so i don't know if hambone is a classic song joe i'm just gonna send you this clip really quick okay please did you i typed in hambone squirrel on uh youtube and i got a lot of weird shit oh no i, I don't found think it's it. the right one i found <laughs> it here it is it's available on YouTube, so you can throw the throw this this song in there <laughs> into the episode. <laughs> oh God! All right. One minute later. Hambone. <laughs> oh, I love that she retracts her chin. Hambone. Hambone. <laughs> So that's what mood I was in at the very beginning of this episode, just in time for them to start flashing horrible images <laughs> of, of like scarred up, whipped, beaten, just like horrors of slavery. Well, and this is this is the 20 percent that the episode does right which is the first few minutes. For the first time ever, I feel like there was a, a producer on site 
and they had like a shock collar around Zach, and they just zapped Zach every time that he tried to interrupt Jerry Gore. <laughs> The person who owns this house that was built in Maysville, Kentucky in 1831 as a plantation. And Jerry has turned it into a museum to preserve the memory of American slavery so that we do not forget the horrors of it. And 20% of the episode, for the first time in Ghost Adventures history, they're letting the descendants of those who were enslaved tell the story without Zach interrupting them every other syllable. <laughs> but to go from the like intense imagery, the stories, the the gospel singing to cut suddenly to <laughs> fucking gothic Zach Baggins walking down yeah. the down the streets with his fucking his ice spiker hair pointed heavenwards that's the insane juxtaposition of this episode it's a fucking it's it is like a a ride that's made to make you barf because <laughs> you go from that passionate singing of Jerry and the horrible images and it cuts to Zack in the basement talking about how dark and medieval it is and how there's blood stains on the wall and there's no sign of Iggy Pop or spirit <laughs> so they probably really are blood stains but then it cuts to what I think is tied for the silliest cutaway on Ghost Adventures ever so far in my opinion. Yeah? It's between Zack eating the light bulb and now the cowboy opening and closing their hand going <laughs> oh dude yeah no no uh the t posing union soldier now has a best friend and that is that is the fucking grabby hand slave master <laughs> grabby hand slave master yeah you'll see the t posing uh the t posing union soldier uh on on a, a hoverboard <laughs> They battle each other. <laughs> they would they would be plowing through your VR chat telling you about our podcast. And then you look behind you and you'd hear <laughs> you'll just hear the, the hand clapping around you. <laughs> we need a better word than sin. Because Zach is like, human beings were bought and sold and even executed. It is America's gravest sin, slavery. And I'm like, dude, eating ass is a sin. Like, you can't, you can't just, like, put those two under the same umbrella. It just doesn't... Coveting your neighbor's wife is a sin. And to be frank, the Bible has uh, specific instructions of how to handle slaves. So oh, I don't yeah. think the Bible is too anti-slavery. No, that's true. I, yeah, the Bible is all about slavery. <laughs> it's actually not a sin. Yeah, sorry, Zach. Yeah, whoops. Ooh. <laughs> sorry, buddy. It is an atrocity. Yeah, there it is. A genocide of culture. It is one of the darkest things to happen to an in a group of people in history, but uh, a sin, I don't know. I think God's kind of cool with it. That <laughs> stirred it up, I bet. You think? <laughs> and speaking of things that Zach doesn't quite grasp, uh, he fucks up the cool test with his first handshake attempt uh, with Jerry. <laughs> dude, Joel, this sent me on... I, I did the whitest Google search of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to learn what the proper word is for that type of handshake. Okay. 
So I Googled black handshake. (laughs) But I learned it's called dapping. Dapping. Okay. Yeah. So so Zach can't dap. Now he knows. And knowing is half the battle. After Zach fucks up the dapping, he is appropriately mollified, but you could also tell he's kind of like happy because Jerry calls him brother, which is like already right to Zach's little heartstrings. And then boom, lady dressed in period garb, singing. And Jerry is telling us that it used to be a plantation home and then was turned into a stop on the Underground Railroad. Yeah. So it's a very passionate powerful stuff and it had a jail under the front stairs which i think i use the word dungeon yep more i think a dungeon maybe is better of a word again this is the 20 percent of the show where they did it right it's very powerful it's very evocative the right person is giving us the right information with the right tone. Yeah, I can't tell if this episode is is banned in Florida or not. Because the <laughs> beginning, definitely. And then Zach goes on his best anti-history rant yet. <laughs> Regarding Karen Renner's article, Zach has to make an excuse as to why he feels emotional. He's just like, you just you can't help but get soft down there, okay? You have listen, <laughs> listen. You go, you visit a place like this and tell me that you're not emotional, okay? You come here. <laughs> the only thing I wrote for for that was Zach can't maintain an erection in a slave dungeon. <laughs> you get down okay. there, and you're immediately soft. I just boy, what a bummer! What a fucking bummer down there. To me, it's a little difficult going down in there and you can't help but get a little soft. Don't let erectile dysfunction get in the way. This is the best point he's ever made about his anti-history shit. He's like, you can't experience this in a book. And he is right. If you have the option and opportunity to go to a place and be told the story by like who survived these things or the ancestors of those who survived <laughs> and you could see that shit yes yes yeah that is very powerful that's a supplemental very good point. supplemental to your education yeah absolutely i was distracted by the fact that zach was toying with a stick the entire time because he was embarrassed about how soft he was <laughs> Zach has to do his tough guy speech. Now, after he's shown that he is emotional, he has to go up to Jerry and be like, do you think your faith protects you from the negativity? And Jerry's like, yes, I know. I'm sure it does. And then Zach, his shot caller, he's either got used to it or they turned it off for this moment. (laughs) Zach just interrupted him and Jerry's eyes go like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Oh, we're doing that, huh? (laughs) The haunting of this place. Yeah. So there is that grabby hand man who yes. technically is a hat, hat man which is a subsect of shadow person have you ever heard of hat man this should be interesting how odd that i just learned about hat man yesterday tell us about hat man dude hat man is like a really common ghost sighting hmm. they're usually fairly tall 
but they have a wide-brimmed hat. Uh-huh. That's the distinctive feature. And it made a bit of a comeback recently. I can't remember why. Interesting. Uh, do you know any of the lore behind it? I don't. <laughs> I do not. What I do know is that it, it has lore across the board because each person places a lore on every hat man that they see mm-hmm. because you know you'll see it like like in this situation you're like oh he's got a big hat on he's probably you know the slave torturer or something you know yeah um or if you see if you see a hat man in a different situation you're going to place a whole different story on it um so it's one of those things where it's like the it's never been consistent because it's so prevalent interesting I looked up the hat man on the cryptid wiki. I'm the hat man! Sorry. (laughs) You basically just nailed it. But uh, Tomcat, just a few months ago, claims that he is hat man. The one comment on this article says, I am him. Tomcat hat man. (laughs) Tomcat the scat man hat man. The scat hat man. (laughs) This shocking voice cannot go unheard. Well, the haunting here, we have the hat man. We have a woman and child in the, uh, tunnels that jerry says is the visage of an enslaved woman helping the child to safety through the underground railroad and then we have mr pierce a man who killed himself in front of the mantle on the second floor with a pistol and uh which warlocks take a drink every time you see a weird pink bunny in this episode <laughs> this is your first bunny sight good god dude like all right jerry like really you, you could have cleaned up the Easter decorations a little <laughs> bit better. Again, this, this feels like it, it's a psychological experiment in getting you cognitive dissonance because Jerry is a very serious man with a very important cause. And he brings Zach to talk about this person who committed suicide and then center frame <laughs> in front of this mantle is this weird, fuzzy... Like bunny mask. <laughs> bunny mask. And it just... It's the, it stands, you can't not look at it. It's the most prominent thing in the frame. (sighs) And then we get even weirder because (laughs) Tri-State Paranormal of Northern Kentucky comes in. Dude, these guys are, look so fucking sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, god damn. Chris Maggard and Josh Holmes, they felt a presence in the attic and tell again the story of Hatman, who they think is the aggressor. And uh, Eric, I was inspired by you and I couldn't help but play the acronym game with them. Oh, great. Me too. The Tri-State Paranormal of Northern Kentucky, T-S-P-O-N-K. I got two sad punks of Northern Kentucky. Okay. I, I looked it up and just got trisodium phosphate. <laughs> <laughs> Tall and small, paranormal operatives needing clues. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because one of them was big and one of them was little. Uh-huh. And finally, uh, tit-sucking piggies with obsessive nipple kinks. God, Jesus Christ. that's just too coincidental to ignore (laughs) 
and you know, I I just felt like like the uh, plot twist was gonna be that they weren't actually paranormal investigators. They were just breaking into that house to find copper tubing. <laughs> <laughs> Because first glance, eh. <laughs> what a fucking scam you could run! You you are the local ghost hunting team in the in a area that has a lot of spiritualism, and you just get invited into people's house and you steal their copper tubing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, and you're like, at this moment, we heard the clanging of tubes. <laughs> ping, bang, ping, 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 ping. And then later, you just see Chris yelling at Josh, like, "I told you not to drop them tubes. You're gonna get." <laughs> Chris and Josh were really keen on digging up that basement, Eric. Oh. They wanted them tubes. They did. They they were going into the basement to find the tubes, and they were fucking hopped up on Benadryl. Because that's why they saw the fucking Hat Man. That's the other thing about Hat Man. That's why it made a re return recently, I remember. Is Benadryl? Because if you take too much Benadryl, you see the Hat Man. Oh, maybe he's their spokesperson. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? A fucking, uh, just a scary shadow figure with a wide brim hat. <laughs> like, it's like there's the Mucinex monster. You got fucking yeah. like flow with insurance and you've got a fucking the shadow Benadryl? figure. <laughs> the, the Benadryl shadow figure. I'm tired of seeing these happy people frolicking in a field of dandelion tree commercials. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a millennial with like a septum piercing tripping out at night and seeing the hat man. Just rubbing his head just like, oh, my fucking sinuses. And it just cuts to this like humming, just, <laughs> just yeah. being in the corner. And he's like, Benadryl, great. <laughs> it's it cuts to the bean in the corner and it cuts like to the hat man's empty like dead eye sockets <laughs> and back to the person with a headache and back to the hat man and then the hat man like stutter sharp like jumps towards him like <laughs> <laughs> And then he offers him, he offers him like the Benadryl, and, and then he takes it, and his hands goes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, the guy passes out from fear, wakes up the next morning, and takes a big breath. <laughs> oh, Benadryl. <laughs> This scene felt so utterly disgraceful to me. Oh, yeah. Fucking Zach, Nick, and Aaron, and the fucking TSP boys. <laughs> TSP, uh, Tweaker Seeking Pipes. Oh, my God! Yes! Holy <laughs> shit, so good! Damn! All these white dudes dressed, like, in gothic like sketchy streetwear and they just start digging yeah in this basement and like f trying to find tasty morsels for their show okay to be fair to the boys jerry said go ahead and dig because a contractor prior had said they believed there was a tunnel under there but like watching zach's bejeweled Pasty hands begin to lift up this the dirt and and, and, and bricks. <laughs> you know what else I noticed too? Huh. He's wearing a cowboy hat belt buckle. <laughs> Good. <laughs> hat 
man. <laughs> These boys have no experience or knowledge with archaeology, especially because they don't read. To be fair, this is great TV. Oh, absolutely. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. When they're like, wait, I there's it's soft down here. There's something. It's like opening up. There's something down here. I was like, oh, yep, okay. I'm strapped in. Let's go. I also have to say, I was taken out of this scene a bit because I couldn't help but notice that when you listen to the audio, it sounds like a group of teenage boys narrating the first time they fingered a woman. No, no, oh my God. Because these are direct quotes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? Dude, your finger just went down? It's all open under here. You can see the hole goes all the way down once you open it up a bit more. Oh, no. My finger. There's a pocket here. <laughs> oh, my God. And, then, and that's when one of uh, the tweakers seeking pipes pulls out a bucket and a shovel that they brought in for their, their pipe digging operation, <laughs> which causes... Aaron to sing? Did you hear that? No, I didn't. I don't know how I missed that. Fuck it, fuck it. Margaret, dear Margaret, there's a hole in the bus. See if we're not doing this, if there's any tears in a bucket come out. I disassociated. I, I, my eyes looked in separate directions, and I, and I just heard a dial tone. For that whole scene. <laughs> so you missed Aaron singing and Nick trying to add by saying an aphorism of uh, you know, two drops in a bucket. Uh... Oh my God. <laughs> Nick the scholar. <laughs> yeah, Nick the scholar. Aaron fully embracing his use as the fool. I can't look at you, Aaron. Because <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. They are on the hunt for something. There's a tone problem with Aaron singing, but they pull out what looks like a bone. Yeah. What do you feel about this? Well, first of all, it's probably an animal bone. Mm -hmm. And people were either eating down there or dumping refuse in the basement. Well, and you, if it was a human bone, you think they may have had an article afterwards oh, saying, yeah. like, Ghost Adventures crew finds human remains at Old Slave House, yeah. furthering the story of the this Kentucky plantation. Yeah. Which they... That article doesn't exist. No. So it, it's, it's definitely... It, it's probably not even a bone. Could be a ham bone. It's... You know what it is, Joel? It's it's Hambo. <laughs> Where you been? I've been under the ground and I'm going again. Hambone. <sighs> Hambone. After this, we do get our our two guests, priests. Uh, we have two people. We have Nasheed Fakhrid Dean, mm -hmm. who is an IFA priest, and we have Asunake Anke who is the president of the Institute of Whole Life Healing. Yeah, and it seemed to me that she was basically like the president of the church that they're both 
a part of? Yeah, I looked him up a little bit, and I I know that she's all about opening up women to the power of their own sexuality, so that's cool. cool. She's written a lot of books, so that's interesting. I'm sure they're very interesting. Zach definitely uh, leaned towards only speaking to Nasheed. Oh. (laughs) Which maybe that's just a Zach thing. Can we reference Karen Renner here again? Point to the part of that article where she mentions that Zach typically only has female guests on for him to talk over. Why don't you like men? Even though when she does get a chance to speak, that's when we get a door moving. Yeah, how do you feel about this spooky door? Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. It kind of gets glossed over by the horrible cringe that we're about to encounter. (laughs) Because, Witches and Warlocks, we are getting into the the moment that has been burned into my mind (laughs) for over a decade. The, The hardest cringe I've ever experienced from a television show. Tell us, Joel. Go, go. Lead us through this. So, Nasheed and Nasunake are partaking in a ritual of pouring out libations for the spirits. Where in this dungeon area, and it's very emotional. The the lady is back. She's in the period garb again, like singing. Obviously, this means a lot to everybody in the frame, except for the only white boy with the spiky hair who sticks out the sorest thumb ever. It is really Stark because he is (laughs) like, I mean, Starker than usual because like these, these priests are in like traditional, like African garb, crying, hitting the ground and singing and like being emotional. And then we have Zach, the fucking Vegas boy. And I think, he realizes at this moment how out of place he looks. Like, his face is just like, uh... He's like, fuck, I'm the hat man, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nasheed gets up. Everyone's in tears. Jerry has begun singing. Nasheed is overcome. And he looks to camera left, where (laughs) Zach is standing right next to Jerry. And through his tears, he begins to passionately declare, The work you do is so important. Never stop. He repeats it. He's just talking about how important the work is as he approaches to the left of frame with his arms outstretched for an embrace. And who should go in for that embrace? Who thinks that Nasheed is obviously talking about their important work on the Travel Channel Ghost Show? Zach fucking steals the hug. (laughs) That is not at all what I thought happened. It's 100% what happens because I have proof. Oh, that makes it so much worse. So you think he was talking to Jerry? This is how I know he was, Eric. You didn't notice because Nasheed is smooth as fuck. He rolls with it. He could have destroyed Zach's whole life by calling attention to it, but he gives Zach his hug and his two pats, and this is how you know for sure it wasn't for Zach, because he keeps saying after he breaks the embrace with Zach, the work you do is so important, as he hugs Jerry. (laughs) 
the person who's made a museum to preserve the memory of these people they're praying and pouring libations for. The editor keeps the shot on Zach long enough as you can keep hearing Nasheed telling Jerry over and over again that the work is so important. Don't stop. And Zach kind of like flashes his eyes upwards where he realizes that maybe just for a moment oh my god that he fucked up that is so much funnier (laughs) because i what i was watching was just zach receiving the largest ego boost he has ever received this is the kind of thing that politicians like have wet dreams about is having this level this kind of footage to just be like oh 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 so i'm a racist well watch this video but that hug eric was not meant for that pasty bespiked boy as he afterwards begins talking about how he was able to feel all the pain and emotion down there in his heart and like implies that he is now fucking felt the pain of slavery oh my god and wow that's fucked (laughs) and hilarious but at least at least the gak maintains a level of decorum and appropriateness by now diving right into uh, their Ghostbusters skit. Oh my god. So I remember 10 years ago at that Ghost Adventures party, there was that moment where everybody cringed out of their skin upon realizing that Zack stole that hug and that he said he understands slavery, essentially. And then when it comes back from commercial, the knockoff royalty-free version of the yeah. Ghostbusters theme. It's this is the bell curve of of cringe. Yeah. So they 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 took the dive right in the scene before but you can't just jolt back up to good programming you have to no. slowly ramp back up so they had to jump in with the dumbest fucking <laughs> most obvious skit they yeah. could ever make this is like the skit to end all skits they were like how can we cheapen yeah! the, the the experience we just had where Zach fully grokked uh, slavery somehow. Yeah. And now he totally gets it and he's he is like his ego is huge and he is like so humble at the same time. He's so humble. He's, How can yeah. we cheapen that whole thing immediately? And they did it. By God, they did it, Eric. They really did. They really did it. <laughs> and you know what, Eric? I'm not gonna reach for my fedora here, but I'm reaching for a different kind of hat. Oh. It's my tinfoil hat because I see a demonic conspiracy unfolding in this skit, Eric Ufagel. Oh, interesting. I think that Zach believes that he's bigger than God. Listen closely to the lyrics, if you will, my friend. Instead of who you gonna call, it's one team above all. And in the first line of this delivery, they cut to a man sporting a cross necklace and a t-shirt that says, Jesus freak, going against the flow all day, every day. 
and then we see the crowd screaming and cheering, worshipping their dark idol as he steps from the hearse, a modern-day Charon as he revels in their <laughs> adulation. And they cut to another close-up of the crowd, Eric, and this time it's a child throwing up the devil hordes wearing a leprechaun shirt, confirmed cryptid. And then he stands in front of young women made to ogle him. And he seems to understand that he and his crew are above all, above life and death, above God himself. And that that is an affront because they use CG lightning to come down from the heavens to strike Zack down, casting him into the basement. <laughs> Much like his, his lord and savior before him, he falls only to rise again. And the people cheer as they get a momentary glimpse at his abs. Zack is doing hardcore fuckboy shit in front of these girls. He comes out of that basement, Eric, reborn, unable to be struck down by God's lightning, and the crowd cheers, willingly following their new golden idol, a man who can command spirits for whom death is no obstacle. Zack, Bagans, and the Gak, one team above all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's an epic way of saying... Uh, a whole crowd of white people cheering on a group of white ghost hunters who are going to spend the night yelling at slave ghosts. Is there anything that is more an affront to a omnibenevolent <laughs> god? I don't think so. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I, that's when we get into the lockdown, baby. <laughs> this is how Ghost Adventures crew gets locked down. I can't wait to get locked in here. I'm just pumped. You guys pumped? Yeah. Let's go get this started. I'm nervous. No! This is my issue. This is your beef? This is my beef. This is what's grinding my gears about what's happening right here at this point. So this is this is what grinds your beef. This is what grinds my, my beef and makes sausages. So they just invited all the teens in the town Mm -hmm. to come and cheer and yell and do a whole thing in front of this building that they're going to lock down in and search for mm -hmm. ghosts. What are the chances that some teens in the town are going to come to the house and fuck with them? I would say about a thousand percent. Right? If you have a town where there's enough not going on that everyone's like, mm -hmm. dude, huh, we can be in a show on the Travel Channel cheering these boys. <laughs> if that is the level of boredom that you have in that town, I am convinced Zach Baggins, with no big camera crew going around, has a fucking security detail. It is interesting you say that because this is one of the few times that they don't insist on showing us the exterior camera, Eric. Oh. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> I, I can understand why they wouldn't put the camera out there after making a big fucking deal that they're going to be in there because teens are going to come by and steal the fucking camera. Eric, when, I, when we were first watching Ghost Adventures in our early 20s, and if we had gotten wind that Zach Bagans was going to be filming at some haunted place in Bellingham, you know we would have gathered a group of fucking nerds to go down there to try and fuck shit up. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of times 
one of our asses would show in the fast forward footage <laughs> from outside the house in 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 stark green night vision just our white asses <laughs> just the 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 camera is shooting the front door and then slowly from the top of frame a dangly ball sack just enters <laughs> we just reviewed the footage oh my god this is nuts it, but it has a good recipe obviously i don't think that three white dudes are going to have the best of luck communicating with the trap souls but whatever <laughs> They they do start by Aaron taunting, saying how the ghost attacks some of their friends who were real tough dudes. But now they got three more tough dudes, as they are in the the attic with the like weakest. This town ain't big enough for the two of us cowboy speech ever, <laughs> and they don't really get anything until Nick goes in the spooky closet where one of our tweaker seeking pipes team boys. <laughs> Took too much Benadryl and saw the hat man in there. Yep. And then Nick gets an EVP spike and it says, there's a phone ringing. I'm calling out from hat man. (laughs) Calling out from hat man's world. (laughs) Calling out from hat man's world. (laughs) Oh my God. So are we establishing that hat man is actually the ghost of scat man, John? (laughs) Yes. Which is why he has a brand deal with Benadryl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like the, um, before the Benadryl, he's just the hat man. And then when he takes the Benadryl, he turns into Scat Man. <laughs> Scat Man. <laughs> and he goes, Benadryl. Benadryl. Oh my god, we could have made so much money. You think it's all about money? Yeah. Money not the truth? Yeah. Zach starts hunting and he calls out these pro slavery assholes. He's like, Are you here? And he chases them into the comically small door. It's like a it's like a skit, right? Because he goes up to the small door, he's like, "Are you in here?" And he like takes his like pointer finger and thumb and just pulls this tiny door open. He's like, "Are you in here? Where are you? You racists! Are you in here? You hiding in there? Ooh, shoot! Don't don't make me come in there!" Fully leaning into being the paragon of race relations. After oh. what happened in the basement. He ignores the fact that he stole that <laughs> hug. It is the least of what the white people have stolen from the black community, but that <laughs> hug is just one more thing. If God you think slavery is a good thing, then you gotta face me. <laughs> you saw you saw that they told me what I was doing was good. You saw. Yeah. I have three black friends now, okay? And I didn't even talk to the girl that was dressed as a slave, but we're pretty I think we're friends. She seemed cool, okay? She she seemed pretty cool. It turns out Zach's been bamboozled because, boom, footsteps from below, which Aaron describes as a rushing sound, but they, nah. you could definitely hear them. It's not, they, those steps ain't in a rush. No, no. It sounded like someone was running, like, like all the way up those steps, dude. Okay, so we debunked that there, guys. Good job. Oh, Joel, something happens here that just I really latched onto. So they're like, oh, those footsteps must have been residual. Yeah. They try to contact this footstep spirit and they're like, nah, man, 
must be residual. Is that responding in an intelligent way? I feel like calling a ghost residual is such a burn. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's the stiffest burn you could give to a spirit. <laughs> That's the R, R slur for the paranormal. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> so residual, dude. <laughs> You know, we could have our witches and warlocks can use that against their enemies. If somebody's getting you down, you could just call them residual. They'll be confused, but you'll know what it means. They're basic, unintelligent. They're fucking residual. Ah, it burns. Wait, turn your head to me. And then they go down to the basement, and then Zach busts out the spirit box, my favorite, which, listen... <laughs> Maybe this is not available at the time, but I just watched uh, Ghost Files, formerly of BuzzFeed, now on Watcher, the YouTube ghost hunting series. Oh. And you know what they do with the spirit box to make it less shitty? What? One of them holds it and puts headphones in it and closes their eyes and just says the words they hear so that it's way better instead of just... Here's the thing, Joel. If the GAC did that, would you believe... Would you believe that they were faithfully saying what they were hearing? Oh, absolutely not. No. No. Oh, no. Not that. I don't... Nah. Pfft. <laughs> Fucking... No. Samurai sword down the middle. I don't like that. That is a valid point. I tip my fedora to you, sir. <laughs> We, can't, we have to have the shitty, loud noise. If we had that, then we would be... We wouldn't have the beautiful scene of Zack yelling at a corner with static for 20 minutes. <laughs> There's just something so beautiful about that. Until finally, he asks a question, which is pretty stupid... For their context, because he asks, why are you unhappy? <laughs> I don't know, Zach. I can't think of a reason why they possibly are unhappy down there. Fucking Marjorie Taylor Green. Dude, I'm crying, dude. What? I don't know why. They do finally get a voice, and it sounds kind of like uh, spirits fucking with him. Oh, yeah. They get the first voice says, ask him. And I bet the full sentence was going to be, ask him if he's serious. <laughs> and then it says something like, what do you want or something? Yeah, understandable. He's been yelling in the basement for 20 minutes straight. I, I couldn't help but imagine Zach, like, uh, inspirational speaker for, like, a pickup artist convention. <laughs> he's like, look, like, you're going to, like, you're going to have to yell at these women for like 15 20 minutes straight with nothing mm -hmm. you're not gonna get a damn thing but then like finally she's gonna say what do you want that's yeah. what we're here for okay man like you just gotta put in the work and you're gonna get that you're gonna get the goods any acknowledgement is a positive acknowledgement okay that my friends is a win when she asks what do you want you know what that means she cares what you want and that means you're gonna get what you want okay <laughs> ew well, uh, we don't have any incels here, but they are in a jail cell. <laughs> so they, they go to the jail cell area, and as they're walking 
from the basement towards the jail cell. Nick's prostate gets pressed so hard by an orb that he clenches up and fires it right out of his ass like a bullet. <laughs> I think it was just knocking. It was trying to get in there, and then he clenched, and it <laughs> shot out. <laughs> it was that grabby hand. <laughs> what was the noise? It's like. <laughs> what do you mean? What is the noise? The noise that the grabby man made. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well. Speaking of noises, they, they go to the blood on the wall and ask the spirit box how that got there. And according to them, it says murder. But uh, I played the Pareidolia game. Eric. Oh, I did too. What did you think it said? Oh, Joel, I don't want to say what I thought, what I heard. Oh, no. Mine's way more innocent, but I'm curious if you want to tell me what you think I said. closed my eyes. I swear to God I heard the N-word. <laughs> I swear to God it's that fucking racist hat man down there. And they're like, they're like, how'd this get here? And he's like, here's my chance. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't call me the old racist piece of shit for no reason. I've been waiting 150 years for this <laughs> moment, boys. I've been grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. <laughs> well, uh, I heard pet your dog, but... Wow! Yeah. Very different. God damn it. <laughs> I'm getting canceled. Canceled. Damn it. <laughs> Zach jumps through a hole in the wall yeah, yeah, in the darkness. Yeah. yeah, I wrote in my notes. I just says, I just wrote, here's footsteps. Zach jumps through a window. <laughs> but like, this is regarding Karen Renner's art article. This is one of those moments I love because it immediately shatters the masculine presentation because it is a presentation. It's not real. Yeah. Because Zach realizes he fucked up because he doesn't know how, how, where the floor is. And you could just hear the fear in his voice. I didn't even see the floor. Tell me if there's a floor here. <laughs> Le legit panic. Like, like how, okay. So I know that they were told earlier that like, maybe the basement goes deeper. Maybe I just, the, the chances that he's going to fall any further than like an extra foot are not real. It's so oddly performative because he puts <laughs> on that voice like, yes, these are our ghost adventures. We're tough. We ain't scared. And then he immediately makes one tiny mistake. He's like, help me. Get over here. Do it now. It's him climbing up the water tower on Sloth's Furnace where he's like, yeah, I'm cocking my fierce. Oh, I'm going to poop. Oh, I'm going to poop. <laughs> I'm starting to smell some weird stuff. Too. Yeah, are you smelling that? It just hit me over here. Kind of like sulfur. And this is when Zach kneels down and he says something to the ghosts that is just so, it's just so Zach. 
he starts talking to the ghosts about slavery, and he's like, those times are over now. There's no more violence. No more pain. There's no more pain. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I know. <laughs> the Two par- episodes in a row. The paragon of race relations, Zach Baggins. Yeah, hey, Aaron led the charge last episode by being like, listen, it's been a long time. You shouldn't be so mad about all this shit, Native Americans. <laughs> Just get over it. And then Zach coming here being like, hey, ghosts, I have a new black friend in the guy who owns this. So we're cool, right? Don't worry. Everything's fine now. We're all equal now. Racism is over. Especially in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all fine. <laughs> we're friends with Jerry. Okay, we don't want you to be afraid. I'm trying to understand if you're still suffering, if you're still in pain, and we don't want you to be in pain. All right, those times are all over with now. No more violence. No more pain. uh, Not that much that I believe that it really could have. So that may not be good with your script, but that's my personal Mm -hmm. belief. Mm -hmm. They, They do get an EVP that says, give us a chance, which is... Pretty good. I I can't hear it saying give us a chance, but it is a good EVP. It also maybe could be a Zach fangirl like crawling through the tunnel trying to get to him. <laughs> just like, just give us a chance, Zach! <laughs> Please just give me one kiss. Just a kiss. Give us a kiss. <laughs> And they, they should be oh. wary of kisses because they bust out the ovulus too and they get beware wolf. Yeah, and that's when the improv gets heavy. You must have called the the hat man the wolf, didn't you? Wolf, should we be afraid of you? And then Aaron. Oh god, dude. A boy, does he start feeling the pain on his back for a reason he can't possibly fathom. <sighs> The fool is playing his part by playing dumb as to why he's improving his way to feeling back pain. Dude, they flashed the fucking image again of the, like, flayed man. Mm-hmm. It, dude, yeah. this is, like, maybe one of the most problematic parts of the whole episode. You know, it gets kind of worse, oddly. <laughs> They get an EVP that says, I'm standing on wood. And then there's the repeat in a different voice on wood. The rest of the episode, like Nick feels stuff as they keep, they get bone in regards to Nick asking about bones. It's a pretty good coincidence. That's really good. And then Zach asks what they want. And then they say a pastor. Okay. That's pretty cool. Like the last chunk of this episode has a, a really good flow of evidence. Yeah. And so they take the on wood, I'm standing on wood, on wood EVP to Jerry <laughs> to see how he feels about it. And he turns, he's like, well, that's a little song. He's saying like these spirits are proclaiming that because that reverence and connection to the earth that's standing on wood would be like a reference to how s- strongly they're standing, how they are they're they are okay because they're standing on wood. And he says it's a message of positivity. And Zach is like, "Well, uh, Jerry, why don't you make it to a little song for us? Can you sing it for oh. us?" 
And I don't think that that is a good way to end the episode. <laughs> I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I'm out. Sure, I'm out. Get out! I'm out. I'm out. Good idea. Great idea. So, Eric, we come to the end of it. Oh my god, dude. How do you feel about this episode? Bad. <laughs> very, very bad. This is an episode that did not need to happen like this. Yeah, this is this is one of those episodes that really, as as Karen uh, Renner points out in her article about how the paranormal reality TV genre is dominated by white hypermasculine men. This is this shows puts in stark contrast why that's not great. <laughs> Listen, you could you can hunt ghosts wherever you want or call it whatever the fuck you want, Zach Bagans, but. I don't think the GAC is the team to be tackling this particular haunting. Nope. I don't, also did not like this episode. I don't like the evidence. I, the cringe is very strong. I don't like that Zach revealed that he secretly believes he's above God. Uh, <laughs> I do like where we have landed on our uh, advertisement pitch to Benadryl. needs <laughs> to be the hat scat man. Yes. And, uh, you know, Eric, <laughs> I think with all that fire out there, it's time to challenge Zach Bacons to come fight us in the dark. Yes, dude, he deserves it. This is very dangerous, guys. It's like we're going in for the attack. I would be ready to perform an exorcism. Show me your power. You guys are playing with fire. This challenge is called No One Actually Wants to Hug You, Zach. Oh my god. Okay. We get Zach in front of a huge group of fans, which at this point, he's been so cloistered in Las Vegas <laughs> after all these years. He doesn't leave his house anymore. Maybe we get him out by saying, listen, Zach, we've arranged for all of these people who are quote unquote fans of your show to cheer you on, to be there for you. And we drive Zach in his hearse, and out he steps to tearful faces in the crowd, their arms all stretch, cheering and excited. Zach notices that he doesn't really recognize a lot. Of, there's not a lot of chubby white people in there, uh, because what's really happening is right behind Zach are the families... No, that's too dark. I don't want to go that way. I was improving myself. <laughs> I was going to say families that were separated at the border were healing oh people. Oh, God, Joel. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Zach steps out of the hearse. <laughs> he sees the crowd of tearful faces, and they all have their arms outstretched. And he's like, wow, I'm going to get so hugged. All these people are here for me. I'm going to get so hugged. He's going to get so hugged. Nope. They all walk by him because behind him are a bunch of people that they have missed. People oh. that we have arranged for. People from our Witches and Warlocks who are seeing long lost loved ones. People they haven't connected with in years. Oh, and everybody God. begins to walk by Zach as he just stands there 
like a, a chubby nerd waiting for a high five from his favorite basketball team and no one is touching him. Oh, that's so wholesome. Yeah. Well, Joel, uh, I'm I'm going to do mine. It's, it's, it's pretty simple uh, and it's a little bit darker. Oh, cool. That's good. Because I'm going to add this on. Um, because in the past, we have... Uh, we have utilized drugs on Zach. Yeah, and I think the last time we 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 poisoned him with ergot and made him into a, a little femboy, um, <laughs> yep. which was great. But this time, I just want to challenge Zach to do a heroic dose of ayahuasca because I want Zach to fucking lead to ego death <laughs> because after this episode his ego is so large that yes. nothing else should happen to it besides a burst it needs mm. to be burst <laughs> so when Zach steps out of that car <laughs> I hand him the glass and he takes the swig and I say oh this is a good cocktail from vegas yeah he takes his swig just one sip just a just little one sip. little sip and that means that just as he is approaching this group he starts to trip and as they pass by him that's when it takes full effect and he begins to vomit and shit himself as his mind melts <laughs> he becomes new and his <laughs> ego is completely erased and we yeah. get to start fresh because that's what I want to do after this fucking episode. <laughs> his arms out for a hug. Oh, wait, he's already in T-pose. <laughs> and the last thing he sees, there's only one figure standing after all of these people have ignored the hug. It is a tall, slender, black figure wearing a <laughs> large, brimmed hat. That's the sound he makes as he shutter stops all the way over to Zach and slips two Benadryl in his mouth and just say, It begins anew, one team above all. Is that all you can do is just make some stupid little noises? Because that's not going to make me scream like a little girl. Dance floor is yours. Show yourself. Oh, God. I just said that with the Warlocks because, listen, next time on Come Fight Me in the Dark, we are going to the Thule Hospital where Zach, Dick, and Aaron investigate the demon of a hospital in Utah. I said, oh, God, because uh, an episode after that is the Loretta Lynn Plantation House. Oh, great. Oh, good. Ah, oh, good. Love it. Wish the Warlocks, thank you for staying with us on this descent into madness. I feel like we are well and truly beginning to, to come apart at the seams because of this show. Yes. And I'm so happy that you're here with us. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Witches and Warlocks, we love it. We love that you're here for this. But it is up to you. If you stop listening, we are free. You you can make this stop. <laughs> Eric, we're only stopping once Zach Bagans acknowledges us and shuts God us down or it. actually fights God us. God damn it, you're right. I know. God damn Join it. Join us next time. <laughs> we love you. We love you. 
<laughs> I love you too, hey, buddy. I love you, buddy. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all you witches and warlocks, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, and Twitter at CFMITD. You can also join us on Patreon at CFMITD for exclusive content like our continued paranormal challenge series, Come Fight Me in the Dark After Dark for all the content that's too hot for the pod, and other exciting new content we come up with. Send us an email at comefightmeinthedark at gmail.com and don't forget to check out our brand new website at comefightmeinthedark.com for all the art, news, and merch we have. We love you all and have a good night.